going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Random Movie Generator with myself, David Jeffrey Earl. And, oh, that's right, sorry, I nipped no, in there, not so bolged straight in. Uh, bulged, is that the word? Um, uh, David William Nicholas Edwards. There we go, the whole shebang, the whole canon of the name. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't think that's ever gone into my head that you're... I've never heard of Nicholas. I thought it was Edwards. David, no, that's just the surname. Absolutely. So, crowbar in the middle is a William and a Nicholas... Did you know I was a Jeffrey? I did not know. I was about to say that. I did not know you were a Jeff. Hidden in amongst the Earl. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Use it. You know, don't don't abuse it. Use it correctly. It's not the cool Jeff either. It's it's G-E-O-F-F. Too many letters for the name. I, I prefer it with a G. Absolutely. Well, rather than the J. Absolutely. The J's a bit, a bit obvious. The J drives a white van as a plumber. Jeffrey, you know, I think... Um, Perhaps owns quite a large front garden with two large Volvos. Do you know what I mean? I think um, Jeffrey with a G, I do like in it's, it's, it's a lot more je ne sais quoi element to it. I think if I was in my 20s, I'd prefer Jeff with a J. Now I'm more seasoned as a man in my 40s, I prefer the G. You change <laughs> with age, you understand things like, like fine wine. And how would you, what Jeff would you like to be called when you're in your 70s? What could you spell it in a new way in your seventies? I would be like um, I th- Zev. I'd do it with Zev, maybe Zev, something like that. Why? I don't Why know. In your seventies? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like I'm in a racing car or something. Like I'm breaking the speed limit. Zev. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't think you can spell it any way than a J and a G, can you? <laughs> um, <laughs> Without changing the kind of syntax no. of the name. Yeah. It's a tricky one. Jeff. Unless you do it with a C and an H, like cheese, Jeff. Cheese. Che- C-H-E-O-F. Chef. Chef. Did you chef, wouldn't it? Chef. That wouldn't work. Cheffing. Cheffing, chef. That wouldn't work. Jeff's got cheffing. 
Welcome, David. Oh, thank you. That was quite a sidebar, but it's good. It gets the old mental gymnastics going. Gets the old how's your... Sorry, how's your movie week been? My movie week being week has been um, an intriguing one. It's been one of um, more experimental film than usual. I've been pushed out my comfort zone. By who? Um, by the filmmaking Hollywood um, community. Well, no, not the Hollywood community, actually. The Japanese community as well. The Asian animation community in the form of Studio Ghibli. I saw the last... Um, is his name? I hope I don't butcher this. Miyazaki. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Blimey. I didn't think is I was going to get that. This is a little love letter to his granddaughter or something. This. It is. It's his grandson love letter. Grandson. And um, daughter. You saw this son. at the cinema? I did. The Boy and the Heron. Um, I thought you'd be a fan. So I thought. You didn't go with. Oh, yeah. Ryan. yeah I went with Ryan. I that saw was a joke. this week. Um, absolutely. God, I wouldn't enter you a went with the Absolutely. The Boy and the Heron. <laughs> the, uh, or The Middle Aged Man and the Seagull, if it was like remade in West Sussex. Um, and, um, and also, I saw another film, which is uh, Poor Things, starring um, Emma Stone. You know our good friend Chris Hayward? Oh, yes, yes. He had some things to say about Poor Things. Interesting. What did he think? I'm not going to tell you until you say you're... I think the thing with both of those films is that I've not heard or seen a critic say one bad thing about either of those movies. So the expectations... Well, I try and keep my expectations to a normal, you know, balanced reality because you can't go in there hyped. You know, you're not entering a new cult. You're not going to have a religious experience. But... um yeah, both of them were, you know, um, both of them are tipped to be big Oscar movies, put it that way. Which one would you like to review today? Uh, Boy and the Heron. <clears throat> then the platform, David, is yours. As you said, it's um, Miyazaki's uh, final film. Well, he said that three times, isn't he? Apparently after Spirited Away, so it was final film. Yeah, but how old is he now? He's in his, um, I think he's 83 or 84. And because he's so, he's very old now, he can't, because um, people have said he's a real taskmaster. He's not nice to work with. You find yourself, that there's a lot of crunch time involved in him. You find yourself in the studio until midnight. Many animators have left because of his demanding um, expectations. And How does that make you feel about him? Um, I guess it's a case of he never comes over like that. He comes over almost quite Buddhist and spiritual when he talks. Like a lot of people say, are you worried that Studio Ghibli, Mike, may not carry on without you? Like Disney has managed to, you know, unlike Disney, Studio Ghibli perhaps won't have those same legs. And he's always said, um, no, it doesn't worry me. Everything comes to an end. I know Studio Ghibli will just dissolve like everything in life. You know, very almost like John Lennon being interviewed. And um, he says the films will carry on and that's the main thing. You know, he hasn't got that, that kind of um, intense legacy obsessive ego. But apparently um, he's a real taskmaster to work with. And a lot of the time, a bit of a yeller and a screamer. And a lot of time, he'll just take the work off the animators and do it himself. How would you feel if I said to you, we are podcasting all the time until midnight from now on? 
And I started screaming, we are, David, we are. If there was a monetary business model connected to it, um, I would consider it. <clears throat> well, that's how you grow it, isn't it? Just consistency, more, more. Midnight, midnight podding, constantly. It's a niche idea, it's got to be said. I mean, I'd need to have a lot of Red Bull. I'd need a lot of... Um, but that would just hug me and leave me, wouldn't <clears> me? But be... would you not... You wouldn't like to be treated like that, would you? No, God, no. Absolutely not. You wouldn't Absolutely. want to listen to the pods. If, if you heard that, I was like, Get at midnight, David. A podcast slave driver with an <laughs> audio whip. And yet people still go and watch his movies. I know. Well, the thing is, I always think the big example of that is Tom Cruise, isn't it? That it's clear that he is in like a sort of gangster cartel that he's a leader of. But I mean, every film that comes out, I go and check out. It's insane. It's like there's another part of my brain that's told to be quiet when I see him on the screen. I mean, he's part of a proper toxic cult movement. I mean, like mainstream um hbo documentaries like by alex ghibli like going clear have just exposed it on a very main not like these youtube produced documentaries but you know high award-winning documentaries that have shown that they have you know they've kidnapped people tom cruise is part of a cult that has kidnapped people and but I'll still yeah you heard that here first there you go, simple as. I don't think he put the actual, um, I don't think he tied the rope around the people like a Christmas bow type of thing around them. But, um, you know, I'm sure they mentioned it to him when he was on the Scientology tennis court, you know, firing tennis balls over the net. But um, I, I'll still go and see him leap off a cliff on a motorbike and happily applaud with everyone else. It's, it's kind of bonkers, really. That's more than a blind eye. I'm just going to say hello to everyone that's joined us. We've got loads of people in. It must be the Sunday morning feeling. Oh, everyone's, wonderful. Everyone's sat up in bed, David, watching on YouTube in their gym jams, having cups of tea and slices of buttered toast. Love, like a Paddington moment, isn't it? Mm. Jam, bread the size of a bl- blooming um, doorstep, like an Enum Blyton tail. Do you like buttery toast? Love it. Absolutely so, yeah. love it. I'll stand in the middle of the kitchen and eat it because I can't. I'm so excited. I can't sit down and eat it off a plate. I'm so with you there. I just yeah. want to have my taste buds having a spear, spearmint rhino lap dance on. And um, butter can do that for me. It's a lovely experience, especially when it's it's hot toast and it just melts in like a like a. The, the butter is like a, an alligator going to a swamp. You know, it just sort of slowly disappears. It really is just... Um, you realise oh. when you hit your 40s, that's what life's about. You think you should write um, an orchestral masterpiece like Mozart, whatever. No, but at the end just, of the day, you just, just want to eat crap in your fridge. <laughs> Not actually sit in your fridge, but you know. Oh, David. Thick t- thick bread or thin, thinly sliced? Oh, no, no. Nice and... Nice. Well, my brain is so bonkers to the extent that I'll think to myself, if I have thick bread, it'll fill me up too quickly. And then my butter game will come to an end very quickly. Do you know what I mean? So I'm very yeah. much like, you know, I won't better have another slice. It'll fill me up. But if I have it, I prefer the thick one, but I'll get filled up too quickly. Do you ever eat butter just on its own in little cubes? Oh, I couldn't do that. That'd be too no. much. No, 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 no. no. No, no. That'd be um, that'd be too much over the top. Here's a fridge fact for you: that um, 
Back to the Future, there was a Robert Zemeckis interview recently, and before the car, they were going to do a fridge. And the only reason they said no to a fridge was number one, because Universal Studios said kids would start getting into fridges. A bit like the Ninja Turtles with kids trying to go into sewers. But Zemeckis said, um, yeah, they did with the Ninja Turtles. But Zemeckis said, no, 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 it needs to be a fridge. But it's only when they started writing the script, they then started realizing, oh God, how are we going to get the fridge from A to B? And yeah. that's the only reason they turn it into a car. They're very confident about fridges. Have a snack, go back in time, have your butter and and bread and go to the 50s, save your dad. Zoe F here has put uncut loaf, big doorstep slice Ooh. and buttery loveliness. Or what about some bloody syrup on it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely um, amazing. Also Nutella. Or oh, what's that stuff that's really popular now that's made of biscuits, biscotto something. Right, uh, what's that? I don't know. Thank God I'm not sponsored by anyone because I don't remember any brand names at all. Oh, this is lovely, David. This is lovely. So, what, let's go back to uh, their boy in the heron. How many people watching? Um... It was literally me and my compadre Ryan. No one else was saluting the Japanese animation flag. What What day? What evening? It was Thursday. No one else in there? Just me and Ryan. That was it. Did you still sit at the front? Um, we didn't actually know. Oh. We actually sat. Lots of leg room, though, because you have that. Um, you had the first tier with leg room. Then you have a little kind of um, alleyway, and then you have the, the front bit. So we went there. We just thought, what the hell? Sit where we want. I felt like a movie mogul who was watching the first, you know, um, screening of a film we'd finance. I felt like I should have a cigar. No one there. That's sad. At first, I thought I'd like it. And then it was like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. It was like, I wanted to be alone to my filmic thoughts. But then you feel quite lonely and disconnected. The human being looks after number one, but then when they look after number one too much, they haven't got a tribe and they're lost. It's an endless contradiction. I have that with football. I like to watch <clears throat> big football matches on my own so I can study it. I don't want to be in a pub. I don't want to be in a group of people. I just want to be at home and study, listen to the punditry, study the game. And then about... Uh, halfway through the first half, I start feeling lonely. Gosh, that's like life, isn't it? It's like when you realise you want to have, be married and have kids. You need your own little troop around you, your own little group. And then they turn up and they bloomin' P-I-S-S-E-D you off. No, I'm you joking. Your, your kids, what? I'm joking. Not your kids, I'm only joking, gentlemen. <laughs> well, my kids piss you off. No, God, no, absolutely <laughs> not. They inspire me to move on. <laughs> what, move on out of the neighbourhood? No, in, um, to move on with human culture and the um, ongoing human Do they? Project. My children do. Absolutely. Fill me with nostalgia. Bring me back to what it was like when I was young. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. So, go on then. Talk us through. Uh, actually, did you have any snackies quickly? It's January. We ha- we've got to save money. Way too much money was saved. So the old hot dog strategy was brought out the back pocket. Classic. In the sense of... Um, You've got your hot dogs in a, in a tin, and you've got your, um, what are they called, little buns. We sat there with some ketchup dips that we'd taken from McDonald's, and that was in Ryan's car. And uh, we, had ketch- we had a sort of an American hot dog with some Japanese animation eyeball fun. Okay. 
That's what we did. That doesn't really make sense. We had hot dogs and watched <clears throat> Boy and the Heron. James Springett says, welcome, James Springett. James Springett says, I saw the Boy and the Heron in Worthing. Oh. And it, <clears throat> and it was actually really busy. 50, well, 15 people, maybe. I won't tell you if he liked it or not. Didn't I'll like be it. interested to know if he did or not, definitely. Oh, well, this, is a, this has been an incredibly popular film. They think it's going to uh, win. It'll, if it doesn't get an Oscar nomination, there'll probably be riots. We'll probably have another Hollywood strike on our hands. And they think it's going to um, uh, kazump Spider-Verse and definitely win Best Oscar. Um, I mean, I've heard many a film critic that I respect say they're in tears at the end. Absolute right. tears. So I love this setup that it's going to win an Oscar. Respected critics just a move beyond. And now, what did David Edwards think? Over to you. Yeah, I mean, I always say this term, and it's hackney, but <clears throat> definitely, um, personally, my reaction was it wasn't up with the critics, unfortunately. But unlike you, I'm not a massive Studio Ghibli fan. I mean, you're a big, big Studio Ghibli fan, so it might deliver. I felt in many ways that it, it, on a broad format, it was very much, it followed all the spirited away tropes. Almost you could tick them off one by one. What's it about? Basically, very much like Spirited Away, um, the boy is an orphan, um, but uh, his parents don't turn into uh, quite right, even Disney, even Bambi, in the forest being shot, the mother. Um, the boy's mother uh, dies in a fire during World War Two, and then the father uh, takes him away from the village he was in to remarry with a new um, uh, mother figure who is the dead mother's sister, which is a bit near to home. And um, he's dealing with his mother... Uh, obviously dying he's now in a new uh, location and setting with his dad now moved into a new town the dad builds um the glass tops of fighter planes which is a reoccurring motif in um miyazaki's films because his father did that his father also built fighter planes and um it's about the inner boy's grief in the new home that the dad um now lives in with his uh, soon-to-be new wife there is a portal into a parallel universe and before that a heron keeps appearing um who is who's obsessed and follows the young boy and after a while it turns out that the heron can speak and is ticking all the boxes it is ticking all the boxes and is saying to the young boy um your mother's still alive i've seen her come with me into the parallel world because on the on, in the grounds of this parallel world there's a derelict old building mm. and if you go through it um you can go to a parallel world so it's got that wizard of oz c.s lewis um wardrobe vibe to it i would say this film definitely is not for kids way too slow and um intellectual definitely not for um so he says it's a it's a present for his grandson. I would say it's a present for his grandson once he's grown some hair on his chest. Hair, you know I mean? uh, hair. Oh, I thought yeah, once yeah. he'd grown a heron on his chest, absolutely, or a heron, absolutely, because a heron probably would take well, it wouldn't take that long, a few years to uh, fully. Bloom. How old? How long do herons live for? If I had to guess, I and you do, say, and I do, 
it's the best way to get through life guessing uh, unless you're driving a car in busy traffic um i would say a good five years okay well we're going to do a little game here it's heron's lifespan if you get this right this is called the heron show it's new on itv if you get this right you win a million pounds if you get it wrong i don't know you have your legs chopped off we have to adopt a heron and some of your money goes to the heron's up to the heron eats your legs absolutely and it will do if you put some salt and pepper on it that's a dag gag what is the lifespan of a heron uh five years i'd say definitely that is mental you have won one million pounds wow you can really make the most of your life no wonder they're going around shouting and and flying around making i think so five years the heron lifespan five years gosh that's uh that's pretty crazy congratulations david well i'm, I'm glad a million pounds what i want to do with that that's uh, that's a lovely thought that is yeah that's money in the bank lovely yeah. get myself okay. some of those apple goggles they're always talking about some virtual reality goggles did so it feels very uh feels like i've seen all that before all those little ideas you just I've came up before. Seen it all before it ticks off the boxes and i would say um it's the most expensive Japanese animated film ever, apparently, because it took seven years to make. A lot of that is because he's very old now, and um, he's very slow at producing the work. Also, another interesting element is every now and then the animation style changes very slightly because you've got a group of animators in to help with the work. And because he's so old now, he had to say slagging off his age. I know, I keep doing that, it's terrible. um, The animators who came in had to take ownership of certain sections of the film. So every now and then the style and tone, very slight, very subtle changes. Because he was such a control freak when he was younger, he would literally take over the work at the animator's desk. So they do tweenies, don't they, with animation, where you animate in between. Uh, the head animator's main drawings and he'd start doing things like that like the really rudimentary basic animation but he hasn't got the eyesight or the actual energy anymore to do that you're really slagging him this guy oh no i'm not at all the guy is a you know basically to pay for it to pay for it he um they had to sell all the rights to video streamers already did it look beautiful i sat there thinking to myself this looks like a saturday cartoon and I know I'm going to have, people are going to chuck rubbish at me at the street. And I'm going to have canine defecation put for the letterbox. Because people love the, these Studio Ghibli films. I tell you now. Well, you vis- don't like the look of them. I'm not. I think they're absolutely I, beautiful. I loved Spirited Away. And I would say the visuals in Spirited Away were a lot more. Um, there's an amazing image where um, it's almost Sal. Who's the guy who does the um, the melting clock? Um, mm, Dali. Dali. There's an element of that near the end that was impressive. You have a time corridor that's nice, but some of the imagery, it's not as surreal and as interesting as a slight spirited away using it as a continual example. Um, 
it's quite repetitive i felt there's lots of multitudes of animals a lot of the time like herons or uh, toads which at first was interesting it's like well we've kind of done this where spirited away went to lots of different arenas and locations and gave you new things um ddd ppp says kermode wouldn't have guessed the lifespan of a heron thank you there you go i love one atmanship and then ddd ppp says a saturday cartoon the ultimate diss do you remember city of gold philip yeah. schofield it had that vibe philip schofield philip schofield didn't make city of gold but he used to present it in yeah. the actual yes. uh, broom cupboard, in the cupboard. Yeah. yeah i never liked that I was never a fan. And Unices, do you remember that was on? Oh, I it, it reminds that was on me TV, wasn't it? That, yeah, absolutely. That style of animation, which I know is appalling. It's the most expensive Japanese film ever. It took seven years. I've done nothing for seven years. Even a heron within the five years of their lifespan has done more. So, than you? Uh, I would say definitely within those five years. No, I haven't seen a heron, you know, review movies on a podcast. This is true. Oh, he's got five years. He's too busy for cinema. He's going straight to the Bible. He's trying, probably trying to find spirituality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's gone well, st- did Ryan like it? It's always nice to get a little bit of balanced. Did, what, what did Ryan think? Ryan said I wasn't in the right mood for that. Like, do you know what is fascinating? I, after the film, listened to a lot of Studio Ghibli podcasts, which I found utterly fascinating because they deconstruct the film and they talk about the symbology how the narrative uh, act structure is very different to the western act structure one thing is um in america in western our uh, narrative storytelling we always need conflict in a lot of um studio ghibli films because it's um asian eastern you don't need conflict it's just an outside thing and sometimes it's just bad luck you know it's just nature evolution and um it's a five-act structure it's not a three-act structure and it's bizarrely sometimes with films i enjoy just listening about the podcast and thinking what you're describing to me is a fascinating film but when i sit down and watch it i'm semi-bored it's a very bizarre and it makes you realize that films are more than just the topic and the narrative it's a lot more still of the character's point of view the pacing the actual rhythm of the film um because the first act of this goes on a long long time and uh, he's just followed around by heron for a good 20 minutes before the heron even starts talking did that annoy you the heron were you like how how long before you were like this is pissing me off well then he went probably about 25 minutes then he went into the actual um when he goes to the parallel world and they start teaching him about the rules of the parallel universe and he meets an old man who's the creator of this world who's basically Mirazaki, you know and uh, he wants to pass this world on to his to the boy a bit like the grandson Mirazaki's grandson that was good it definitely had moments that spiked my interest but it just wasn't consistent you know it definitely had moments that grabbed me certainly well, I'm the same when I watch his movies. I'm not, I like sections of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say it's very similar to my experience with this film, 100%. Ah, okay, right, right. I've got a picture of you, you and Ryan, in that empty, empty cinema watching it, sort of frowning. No, no, there were, there were moments that were interesting. 
Right. Did you, because you were, oh, maybe, yeah, you didn't hate the film, but did you have any moments where you were like... Yeah, I th- uh, there was one bit where he um, builds an arrow uh, to try and kill the heron. And this arrow building goes on forever. It's like a rocky training montage, but he's building a DIY arrow. And I was just, or bow and arrow rather. I just thought, bloody hell, mate, this should be done by now. Do you know what I mean? Let's get on with it. Just turn up with the arrow. I'm not going to slap your wrists and start talking about continuity errors. So why wasn't it done by now? Why did he make that decision to just not get on with it? I think ultimately um, he wanted to lay a lot of character groundwork to make the kid three-dimensional. But I found the, um, the the kid just sometimes just too stoic. I didn't feel as though there was, there was a bit of inner conflict towards obviously his mother dying, uh, trying to like... Uh, re-embrace a new mother in his life, his mother's sister. His auntie. His auntie, which is a bit odd. And um, But ultimately, the kid's just your plucky hero that you get in most childhood films. But it's a film not for children. Not at all. There's a lot more going on. But I don't want to be negative because there are some very good elements to it. James Musgrave, welcome James, says, it's certainly not a Ghibli film to watch if you're going fresh into them. It's quite complex very complex once it was explained in more depth via these podcasts i was um a lot more enamored by it but as i say it does make you realize that um it's how you execute a film so much of it is about pacing i find and um how you tell the story like you come up with the idea for the truman show you know really fresh in you a man who lives in a tv show but it's how you execute that I think I think you could make a film about a man with a shopping list going to the co-op. And if you paced it correctly with the right timing, I think you could pull something off. Yeah. Do it. I really, I, I genuinely do. No, that? do it. Don't talk, Prove it. Dave. Do it like the heron. Flap those wings. Well, could we possibly, off the back of someone's comment... Could we possibly, I'm just thinking on my feet here, just for a little punchline to this section, do a scene where two herons, and you play the herons, are watching a film about you and Ryan, and they're talking about the film they're watching. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to think how herons speaks. Do they come from France? Are they European? I don't know where a heron actually originates from. Well, I'd still be like that oh, kind of thing. Ah, look at them sat there, chomping on their hot dogs, lost in the consumer Hollywood maze. Ah, we're no better. We're always just looking for the next rubbish bin so we can just chomp on leftover fish and chips. Ah. But we need that for our diet. If not, we'll die. They don't need Hollywood. Oh, don't you say that. They need Hollywood for their dreams. Fish and chips might fill our tummy, but Hollywood fills their heart. You got a point. You got a point. I think those two guys ain't too bad after all. It's like Top you, Cat. You got a little roll then, Yeah, you? I don't know why I went with that. It's too early in the morning. I think I got lost. That was wonderful. Two French herons. Absolutely. Turned American. They were Holly, hollywood fired. Uh, Al Pacino is the, the heron. 
Absolutely. <laughs> the spin-off. It's very meta-narrative, the film that film. <clears throat> right. So, David, now it's time to rate the boy and the heron uh, out of five chalk ices. Wow. I'm going to have my little guess. If people in the um, YouTube comment box, thanks for joining us today, everyone. If everyone could uh, have a little guess as well. I mean, it wasn't very, it wasn't very positive, but you definitely said you liked bits and pieces in it. So you sort of said you were bored. Are you gonna stick to your guns? Hmm. God, and this is a much-loved film as well. Oh, very. It's going to win the Oscar. <sighs> so what the fuck are you going to give it? I would say hardly, there were hardly any positive comments in that review, but <clears throat> there was the odd one. Okay. Okay, I'm going for this. Okay, right, David. So, The Boy and the Heron. How many chalk ices out of five are you going to give it? It's controversial, but it's a three. Oh! It's that point five that gets in the way. It really does. I get, yeah, 2.5 I gave it. A lot of people gave thought you were going to give it a three. Yeah, definitely a three for me. It's not terrible, but... Do you know, if I worked for Empire Magazine and I gave that film a three, the editor would ask me in. They'd find it way too controversial. Is that... Are you serious? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because it's done really well at the festivals. Absolutely. Also, you know, he's got such a following. Yeah. They did zero marketing for the film. A lot of people said that his name alone is such a brand name. The poster was almost lazy. And um, the trailer was really basic and they did almost zero marketing because it's just word of mouth. Articles would just naturally be written about it. Empire gave it a five. Yeah, uh, uh, everyone did. I mean, the other thing is people say they were crying. And I think to myself, when were you crying? At what point did you cry? I can't even see a weepy moment. But as I say... There were some interesting points, particularly when they discussed the rules of the parallel universe and when the old man appears. There were some um, interesting moments. David, you know, before we came on, I said, I've got to be done by 10. Yes. And, and we split and we split the podcast into sections and then we worked out we got to about eight minutes per section. We've done 40 minutes for the first section. It might be a case of going straight to the main review then and do the general Bollocks. 40 minutes that can't be 40 minutes well we can do it very quickly i can give you news very quickly yeah we've got we've got okay so we've now got 20 minutes left we've got to get through the news the random movie i don't like rushing it the random movie review the tips and the bloody doodah at the end we've got five minutes a section let's go for it then shall i go movie oh sorry everyone it's just one of those weekends is it um uh, movie news now what is it well hang on a minute David thank you so much for this week's you said it earlier what should we call it movie of the week yeah movie of the week goodness thank me thank you absolutely movie news ok 
Okay, Dave, you got any movie news? The clock is counting. Here we go. So, movie news. Basically, um, Tom Cruise originally said that Maverick 2 was going to be the end of the Maverick franchise. It was just two bookmark movies, you know, one from the 80s, one today. But, uh, you know, modern times. But they are now developing a Maverick 3. Um, with Glenn Powell and Miles Teller carrying on the relationship with Maverick. So, and it's going to be the same director and writer. Uh, the other interesting thing with Tom Cruise, though, is he has signed a massive multi-million dollar deal with Warner Brothers. And um, he can still make another Top Gun and further Mission Impossibles with Paramount. And he's doing a space movie, which he's going to film out, out in space for Universal Studios. But he's now signed a massive deal with Warner Brothers, which sounds a bit doesn't sound great if I was Warner Brothers because it sounds like he's got loads of he's going to be tied up with loads of other projects another just very quick thing um, uh, Danny Boyle Alex Garland are coming back for 20 out, 28 months later they're both going to do um, come together and collaborate on another zombie film and if it does well they might do another trilogy okay well we've got three minutes to play with so uh, the the next Star Wars film that's going to come out in cinemas oh is it's a Mandalorian movie. Okay, and I just and it's going to be directed by John Favreau, who created the Mandalorian TV show, and that just fills me of not much glee. It just feels quite lazy. The idea of just taking one of their TV shows and the TV show looks cinematic anyway. So it had a massive budget because it's a prestige drama. So it's just going to be an extra long Mandalorian episode that goes to the cinema. So it doesn't fill with much inspiration. I introduced my boys to Star Wars for the first time. Dave, oh, wow. I? What did yeah. you show them? New Hope? What did you show? Yeah. Well, is that the first one? Yes, yeah, it, it is. is yes, it? yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like a big old moment to sit down and with them. And I felt like they were the right age. Yeah. What did they think? They loved it. They loved wow. it. Wow. To the point where my youngest has now just got a rucksack with a stormtrooper on it. Oh, my God. Big, big fan already. <clears throat> yeah, it did make me go, oh, wow. It's connecting again. That's amazing, generation. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The storytelling's so strong. It does make you wonder um, if... Well, I think the new films, they are still popular with younger kids. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to watching these films and then moving to the new ones because they're going to obviously want to watch them. So it'll be nice to watch them because I have—I think I've watched one of them, but with folded arms and sort of. Well, you know, kids who grew up watching the prequels that we diss, like *Phantom Menace*, they absolutely love. There's a new generation. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a generation out there. I work with people who are like in their late twenties, and they love the pod race. They love Jar Jar Binks. They grew up with it. It's like Hook. People who grew up with Hook, absolutely. I mean, love Yoda's it. ridiculous. When I watched it again, I was like, "Why is he any different from Jar Jar Binks?" Absolutely. The Ewoks people dissed in the eighties. I grew up with the Ewoks, and I have a love affair with them. I think they're brilliant. Well, you own the village. I do. You're quite quite right. Well, remember, that was Christmas of 82 or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much for this week's movie news. Not a problem, Captain. Not a problem at all. David Edwards, Random Movie Review. Oh. 
this week's random movie review. Um, I'm imagining if we were on a radio show, if someone, suddenly someone went, you've got the Thursday slot in the afternoon on Radio 1, David comes in for an hour and does his movie, this is how we'd have to be. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, God, professional. Simple as that. You've got to so it's good training. Absolutely. Definitely for when the BBC headhunt me. So, so, Finley. Oh, here we go. She's gone. She's left yeah. us. Mandy's, no, she's gone to Thailand for the month. Thailand, what a robotic, I don't know, T-A-R-T. Tart. tart, yeah. Say no more. Finley's well, obviously. Finley's here, and Finley generated the movie... Predator. Predator. Schwarzenegger. You got seven minutes, David. Basically, I hadn't seen Predator for like decades. I remember. Do you know what? I I haven't seen it for absolutely ages. I remember watching it with my dad, and being very young. Do you know? What I, mean? I remember sitting on the lounge floor whilst he sat on the couch drinking a Heineken's. Um, so it seems a long, long time ago. You remember the drink he was drinking? Uh, well, he's he's a Heineken man all the way. Unless it's a whiskey. So if there's a can in his hand, it's going to be a Heineken. Who, what was the can in the 80s where it was a bear that advertised it and the bear wore a pork pie hat? Yeah. I don't know who I that know. was. Uh, yeah. I, I, I believe it was that brand. Yeah. I, I, I Is think, it Don't Follow the Bear or Follow yeah, the Bear? I, I think it was um, Follow the Bear. Follow if the you've bear. got a drinking issues and you want to, you know, um, medicate yourself, follow the bear. Um, Hofmeister. Yes, it would have been a Hofmeister, not a Heineken. So there right, you go, right. I was wrong. The memory can betray you. Basically, I would say... That's one and a half minutes gone on Hofmeister. Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> no, that's there. my fault. That's I'm not even fault. sponsored by them. Basically, it's a case whereby I would say I look at Predator now and I'd say it's absolutely Marmite. I mean, more Marmite than... Um, I'd say it's Marmite mixed in with Bovril. It's either going to be your catnip cocaine or it's going to absolutely turn you off 24-7 in the sense that, you know, if you like action movies, it's got everything. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just perfectly well ex- executed. Iconic action star. He's not a character. He's not three-dimensional. He's a movie star. So if you can go with that, you know, if you want a three-dimensional development of a, of a personality... You don't get that at all. It might as well be um, uh, um, Michael Barrymore presenting a quiz show. Do you know what I mean? In the sense that it's just a personality on screen. It's not an actual organic character. Do you know what I mean? And that's it. Or it might as well be Jonathan Ross. Do you know what I mean? David, we're not all, people listening aren't all fifty years old. What is Predator about? Sorry, you are you are totally and utterly right. We have a group of army troop, a platoon in the jungle, and um, they're moving through the jungle uh, to get to um, to be picked up and taken out of the jungle. They're an American troop, but there's something in the trees that's actually attacking them one by one, and they start realizing this creature, well, at first thinks a person, has got supernatural abilities. And the actual um, weaponry it's using is futuristic. And uh, what we start realizing is they're being hunted for sport. And this um, creature is an alien and it has futuristic um, 
gadgets which makes it invisible and we can see through its eyes at times every now and then the director John McTyron cuts to the Predator's POV which um, spies on the men from the treetops and looks at them via their heat sources and um, one by one the troop is killed off not all of them I'm not going to spoil anything but it's pretty much up to Arnie to use all his military training and Austrian uh, tree trunk might to take on this beast. So the plot is very uh, basic. It's uh, man versus alien. 1987, did it come out? It is 1987. Let me look it scared notes. me. That's correct. Yeah, it's I remember when it came factor. out, it scared me. I, I, was, I was very unsure about watching it. I was worried about what I was going to... <clears throat> it's got an action where well, it's got the more I think about it it's got a slasher horror element the idea that you know group of people they're killed one by one it's got a Friday the 13th sort of vibe but ultimately it's an action movie so you sat down I imagine with a crumpet even even if you weren't eating a crumpet you were thinking about crumpets oh god I was thinking about I had a crumpet this morning I bloody love them I'm really so were you excited it. about going back to this movie I was very much so absolutely I think um, it's got iconic action star power, very much a suspenseful plot. I mean, the infrared POV shots of the Predator spying on the group is great. I remember you know, that, yeah. Where yeah. He, he sort of, uh, he, he sees, he's obviously looking for a helmet, a monitor, and he, he sees everything via heat, which is very clever. Also, um, information about the Predator slowly given to you. Like uh, you see green dripping from a tree and you realise it's blood and that Arnie has managed to injure him. You know, things like that. So they slowly reveal more and more information about the Predator, which makes the third act even more um, juicy, if you like. The musical, the music, sorry, it doesn't turn into a musical. Who knows, they might do that later with like they do with Bean Girls and Colour Purple. But the idea of um, the music's very foreboding and dark. There's something in the trees swinging around with a laser gun attached to its arm. There's something in the trees. There's something in oh, the trees. Yeah. First, like a Phil, Phil Collins song. I have to like his There's Tarzan movie. In, yeah, yeah, it's, that's what it is. Swing There's something in the trees. There's something oh, in yeah. the trees. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's now in the trees, standing on a branch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, Intense action sequences. The initial attack on the rebel camp um, is really good. So loads and loads of action sequences. It's John McTyron, the guy directed Die Hard. He knows his stuff. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. What's he done since, David? Not much, because he did... I think John McTyron has passed away. I could be wrong. You can't film when you... Absolutely, no, not even now. You can't do it, even with the technology we've got with the metaverse. But also, um, he went to prison for a period because of tax, dodging tax. So it didn't end brilliantly for him. He found himself in prison and then shortly after in a grave. But he had a lot of Hollywood fun beforehand. God, Um, isn't it mad looking back on people's life? He didn't know all that was... I know, I know. But the idea, like... The end of your life, you go, well, he did a podcast, then he ended up in prison. <laughs> then he ended up in a grave. God, what a nightmare. Yeah, you never know what's around. Yeah, absolutely. You never know what's around the corner. Just do you? keep life simple. Absolutely. Just avoid the jails for crying out loud. Just pay your tax, people. Pay your tax. Um, 
and also lots of great one-liners you know i'm gonna have me some fun get to the chopper that have become really iconic do you know what i mean it's um so i think basically though if um if you raced along rattled along yeah definitely absolutely (laughs) absolutely i bet the narrative structure though if you're not an action star fan is quite simplistic it's just like everyone being killed off one by one it's almost like a video game and there isn't a big character arc all you've got on screen is arnie um if you're not a fan it's basically cat and mouse it's a tom and jerry but with an action budget and muscles simple as that so david i've got to the the clock is ticking people are actually doing the countdown of the clock in the chat so let's have a guess at what david is going to give predators it's such a shame we couldn't spend a little bit more time on it but uh here we are i'm gonna go for <clears throat> now that's very positive um yeah so if you can have a little guess i'm gonna go for this this little number here and see <clears throat> you seem very excited by it uh, you said it's not everyone's cup of tea, but you obviously enjoyed it. It rattled along. A um, lot of pleasure to be had. David, how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give Predator? I'll give it a four. Whoa! There you go. Absolutely. You ain't going to break so Why not a five? Well, it's not... Um... It hasn't, it, it, it's not completely breathtaking. Like that was new to the era. That that was um, a brand new um, take on things. It's just a highly well executed film within its genre. Toodlebug says four. DJ Swad guessed 3.5. Wolford guessed 3.5. Jonathan Beale, 4.5. Uh, Peter RM, 3.5. Dr. Greggles, four. Tonka, three. Tonka, that's a new name. Not a new name as in like, you know, a new name ever, but just a new name in the chat box. Yeah, do you, do you remember the Tonka truck? Oh, very much so. Absolutely. Big fan of those. I had several. David, thank you. You didn't have that bloody... Was the Tonka truck that delivered, like, your mum and dad a toast in the morning? Yes, it no, was. big track. That, that was big track. It was like Did you have a big track? No, but my brother did. Right, I was nowhere near being able to have a big track. That was another level. I think my uncle bought it for him. Wow. And he had a lot of money. He was a bachelor then. And he was on TVAM with Anne Diamond. He would appear as a child psychiatrist. Your uncle? Yes, yeah, he was the child psychiatrist that would appear when there was any dramas relating to children. And he'd be on TVAN, on the couch. And I think that was the same year that my, my brother got a big track. And I got the Ewok Village. So he had TV money swirling around. May I ask his name? Uh, David Pithers. And he co-wrote a book with Sarah Green, believe it or not, called Just Say No to Strangers. He was quite uh, quite the celebrity. You've never said this before. This is I don't unbelievable. Know. Yeah, I don't know why I never... I think just say, if you're right, just say no into Google. Sarah Green, uh, David Pithers, they co-wrote it together. That's incredible. That's incredible. What a, an incredible little bit of not, um, info there. We can say no. Pithers, oh, we can say no. David Pithers, Sarah Green. Yeah, there you go. 
classic bit of authorage. David, thank you so much for this week's random movie review. Thank you. Thanks for your time and your energy and your passion. So, we've got three and a half minutes for movie tips. What you got, David? <clears throat> movie tip, definitely. big f- uh, A film to check out. They did well at the festivals. Now on Netflix, it's called Society of the Snow. And it's about the, um, I think, I believe, is it uh, Spanish or Argentinian? Uh, European rugby um, team who crash on a mountain. And they've got to survive out on the mountain. It's this is the other film, isn't it? That's alive. Based... It, alive yeah. was based on it, but apparently this one is a lot more truthful to the real source originally. And it's what's it guy, called again? It's called Society of the Snow. It's the uh, director who directed Orphan, the horror film that did very well, the Spanish horror film, but also The Impossible, which was the tsunami film starring Ewan McGregor. And they believe it might be like all quiet on the Western Front and nip in with a few nominations for Netflix again. It's when got is it a out? word of mouth. It's out now on Netflix. Is it? Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. It's very good, very naturalistic. Um, is it very good, Dave? You really recommend it? Oh, no, no, it? no, no, definitely. Yeah, it's, it is good. I mean, I wouldn't give it five out of five, it's four out of five. Jeremy, it's not the best thing I've seen this year. But I was annoyed at times that I wasn't able to see it in the cinema. It's one of those Netflix things where I think this would have gone down well in the cinema, but instead it, it comes out to the festivals, it gets selected theatres so it can be nominated for an Oscar, and then you just got it on Netflix. Jonathan Beale watched it last night. Outstanding. There you go. It's definitely a recommendation. If you like your survival films, you know, uh, put your seatbelt on, get involved. Alvin Holler, really enjoyed it. DDD BBB solid fora really enjoyed it Martin Garner saw it last week watched it last night very solid film oh that sounds good thank you David that's a wonderful movie tip thank you thanks for listening yeah, I, do you know what I trust your movie tips David I really do oh that's good to know that's yeah good. I think everyone does in the little community we trust your movie tips fingers crossed fingers crossed and we touch your smoothie nips Absolutely. Only do that if you ask beforehand, though. That needs to be done with consent. Thank you, David, for this week's Smoothie Nips. Absolutely. Smoothie Nips all the way. It takes a long time to smooth them, but I think I've got fans because of them. Okay, here we go. So, the random movie generator. Finley's there. You all right, Finley? Oh, do you want a bubble gum, David? Yes, please. I have a bubble gum, absolutely. Whoa! He's just thrown one over. There you go, oh, David. I'm chewing away on that. That's got a lovely taste to it. Okay, here we go. Right, let's, David, let's pick the genre of the first movie that you might be reviewing next week. Now, we know Finley was chucking action movies at you. You seem to really connect. Oh, God. Yeah. So hopefully that won't kind of cause an that, issue. That toxicity is not going to ruin things. You're quite right. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So it's time for you to choose 
the genre of the first movie that you might be watching next week. Take your time. Stop. War. Ooh, that's a genre I can bathe in. Not that I promote war, but as no, a viewer, it's uh, compelling. Watching it. Yes, from afar, in a and bunker. now the decade. Stop. 1970s. Okay, that's got potential. Finley, please uh, generate four war movies from the 1970s. Finley has. And now he's spinning them around in his bum this week. Oh, my goodness. And it's over to you to tell Finley when to stop spinning. Stop. Pattern. Oh, that's Francis Ford Coppola wrote that and won an Oscar. Really? That, yeah, that got him on the platform to be taken seriously in the industry and to be considered for Godfather, you know, bigger A-list projects. Yeah, he got Okay. Him. Yeah, that okay. was his first step up the old uh, cinematic ladder. Right. Didn't direct it, but wrote it a bit like Oliver Stone, you know, was a big scriptwriter before being given the directorial reins. Right, here we go. So... Uh, the second genre of the movie that you might be reviewing next week. Over to you. Stop. Fantasy. Ooh, you've got to have a bit of escapism. You've got to leave Tesco's behind. And now, please choose the decade. Stop. 2010s. Okay, fancy. 2010, what could that be? So, uh, Finley has generated four fantasy movies from the 2010s. And now it's over to you, David. <coughs> Sorry about that. To tell Finley to stop spinning the movies. Stop. Pacific Ring, Rim Uprising. Oh, that's a sequel starring John Boyega. That would be interesting. I'd be interested in that. Didn't do particularly well in the box office. It was supposed to be a start of a franchise, wasn't that? And Del Toro didn't direct it. He produced it. But I'd still be interested in checking that out. It also stars the girl who was in Priscilla that we were talking about um, from last week that's uh, going on to big things. DJ Swad says, I cannot imagine Finley generating a rom-com. But we shall wait and see. We've got loads of people watching this morning. Sunday really ticks people's yes, boxes. Yes, I've noticed the last time we did Sunday, it was very, very, very popular. Yeah. I feel as though they're all laying in their bed, reading their Daily Telegraph, eating crumpets, and uh, that's not Freudian, and, um, well, it would be Freudian anyway. Yeah, what do you mean, eating crumpets? Like well, Crumpets also has got sexual annotations. Oh, look at that crumpet. Is that... Don't people say that? That's a bit I of do. crumpet. I say it. Yeah. Like it's a sexual element about Yeah, it. if I, I see a nice it. woman, I'll go for that bit of crumpet. There you go, absolutely. That's how I mean it. When I talk crumpets, I mean purely from the Tesco shelf that have, um, you know, a moderate amount of um, anchor blue cheese on it, and I just eat it. There's nothing um, sexist about it. It's just nutrition. <laughs> Okay, right. Now, let's choose the genre of the movie that you might be reviewing next week. The third genre. Over to you, David. Take your time to feel it, feel it. Finley is winking at you. So I'm winking back. 
stop. Family. Okay, okay. Unlike Finley. Now choose the decade. Stop. 2010s. Please, Finley, generate four family movies from the 2010s. He has done. He has done. And David, it's he's spinning the round in his bum, and it's over to you, David, to choose to tell him when to stop spinning. Stop. The Croods. Have you done that already? I have. I have yes. done the Croods already. Okay, then we go again. Stop. The BFG Disney. Oh, Spielberg's BFG. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Okay, that'd be interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, so we've got Patton, Pacific Rim Uprising, and the BFG Spielberg's oh, BFG. So I've given them an A. I've given them a B and a C. I've got each movie an A, a B, and a C. I've mixed them up, muddled muddled them up a bit, or have I? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Have I this week? Who knows? And now it's over to you, David, to choose which movie you are going to review next week. A, B, or C. A. No, 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 let me think. Sorry, let me think. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've never You've done that never before. Done no, that I've before. never done that before, have I? You've never done that before. No, stick with A. Stick with A. A. BFG. Oh. Ooh, how'd you feel? Very, yeah, oh, let's go with, I don't know why I suddenly changed my mind then. I had a moment of crisis. Are you happy with that? I am very happy. A bit of Spielberg. You cannot go wrong with that. Thank you. You've got Spielberg, David. You can't go wrong with Spielberg. Lovely. Absolutely. At the moment, he's getting ready to film Bullet, isn't he? He's going to redo the... um, I don't think he's going to redo the Steve McQueen film, but he's going to take the character from Bullet with um, Bradley Cooper. Uh, This is nice from Tonka. He said, I got up for a piss and saw that this was on, so I thought, yeah, why not? Absolutely. (laughs) You empty empty your kidneys. Exactly. Why not watch these two? Why not watch these two? Yeah, Sunday's about just lounging around like a big old lizard watching some uh, internet uh, dross. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, hang on. There's a little bit. Oh, whoa. People aren't happy. He said that you review reviewed Crudes 2 last night at time and not Crudes 1. Oh, right. I don't remember that. I thought it was just No, Crudes. I don't. John Bone is right on it. Goodness me. He saw real... Crudes, Sal Willis. He saw Crudes 2 last time. Flippity skip. What, what do we do? Well, we've got a time factor today, isn't it? Because it means going all the way back. I mean, can John Bone meet us halfway with this one? Yeah, okay, we made a mistake, but David has chosen BFG. We we apologise, everyone. We won't ever do that again. But, John, we appreciate your commitment Mm. and, uh, you know, cyclopedic knowledge there. Very impressive indeed. 
We'll make sure when we pick the movies from now on, we'll make sure if there's an umming and ahhing, we'll ask the YouTube chat and they can say, yep, you're free to uh, review this movie. I didn't realise Crude was that much of a popular franchise. I mean, how many have there been? Yeah. Does John Bone know? <laughs> I don't know. I've really got to go. I'm late. I've Not really got to go. Captain. I'm so Not sorry. At all. Thank David, you for your time. it's been a joy seeing you as per... I really like doing it on a Sunday morning. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, nice vibes. But, yeah, really nice vibes. Um, have a thank you everyone for listening for downloading subscribing um, really appreciate it and please leave uh, uh, what do we say please leave a review and Absolute all that business and a serial salute but thank you for review thanks for your time it's hugely appreciated yes it is it goes without saying thank you Cheers, everyone. Have a lovely Sunday, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, David. Have some crumpet and cereal. See you next week. Cereal salute. Have a wonderful yes. Sunday. Don't let the Watch that on top of you. butter alligator disappear into the bread spot. Just all the time.